All right, everybody, welcome back to the Students of the Sidelines podcast, where on today's episode, our guest is Dominic Sheldon. Dom has a ton of experience in sports broadcasting and production, and he'll be able to offer a ton of information to us today. So without wasting too much time, let's go ahead and hop right into the episode. Welcome back to the Students of the Sideline podcast, everybody, where today our guest on the show is Dominic Sheldon. Dom is currently a director of creative services at Boise State Athletics, where he has been creating video and digital content for the Broncos, including his show called Inside Bronco Football that has been nominated for multiple Northwest Emmy Awards. Dom also has experience in broadcasting as he's the recipient of two E.B. Craney Awards for Montana Sportscaster of the Year. So it's safe to say he'll be able to offer us a lot of information today. So, Dom, welcome to, sh- to the show and thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Matt. Happy to be here. We are very excited to have you. Um, and I- I'm sure you know a little bit of what our show is about. But basically what we want to do is, you know, offer an inside look um, with professionals like yourself to students who may want to work in in similar fields as you. And I mean, you've got a variety of different experiences and you've worked in multiple different sectors within sports media. So I think you'll be able to, to help out a lot today. Um, so to start off, I guess, maybe let's just have you share your story. You know, when you, when you maybe found out that sports media was something you wanted to pursue and, and the steps you kind of took to, to do that at a professional level. So it all started honestly in ninth grade, as weird as that sounds, I was looking for a class just to fill my schedule And someone said the morning announcements was an option. And I was like, that sounds like an easy A. Yeah, let's do that. And so I took the class and I loved it more than I thought I was going to. And it obviously just started as a hobby from that one class. Then I went to Capitol High School in Boise. They have a phenomenal broadcasting program. And I got really, really invested there. And because I grew up doing travel basketball, travel soccer as a player my whole life, when I was in high school, I figured, well, why not do a sports show? So every week I did a five-minute sports cast for our local high school that just played on the high school announcements. And I think I probably knew midway through my junior year that's what I wanted to do for a career was be a sports broadcaster. I looked into various schools, and really the only one that made sense financially for me at the time was Washington State. They have the Edward R. Murrow College of Communication. They have a great broadcasting program. So I went there. When I was at WSU, I got to take part in a curriculum that was fantastic and that I learned a lot behind the scenes. I also learned a lot in front of the camera. And while I was there, because Pullman, Washington, such a small area, you don't have a lot of talent to pull from when national broadcasters like ESPN and Fox come through. So because I came very cheap, I was able to work on a lot of those national shows. And we had, during my time there, a basketball team that went to the Sweet 16, the football team was was not much to write home about. I think we had six wins in my four years total. So Boise State's success was a lot better than Washington State's at the time. But through that, I ended up getting a job in front of the camera in Montana. I started off my first job as a sports and news reporter in Helena, Montana, state capital of Montana, covering everything from breaking news to sports on the weekends and high school eight-man football games on Friday nights, and then NAIA football on Saturdays. I did well enough there in my first year to get promoted to be the sports director in Missoula, which is the home of the University of Montana. While I was there, I was the host of, i got to remember the name of what we called it, 
the Grizzly Sports Report. It was a weekly half-hour show on ABC Fox where I worked. And then I also traveled around the country with their football team as a producer of the live sports broadcast that we did through SWX, which was based out of Spokane at the time. And I got to go all over to Big Sky Conference schools, some fun places, some places that I would not recommend going, but we'll keep that uh, off the record. <laughs> and while I was there in Montana, I... I got to a point in my life where I needed to change. I wasn't sure what that was, but I'm from Boise originally. I loved Montana. It's a fantastic place, but enough happened in my life to where I needed to move. And I was debating between uh, a promotion to Spokane, Washington, or coming back home to Boise. One of my connections is our current external director, uh, our associate athletic director, Joe Nickel. I talked to him. He said, we don't really have anything, but would you be interested in being a graduate assistant? I didn't know what a graduate assistant was. And when I found out more about it, it was a foot in the door and it got me back to Boise to be closer to my family. And since I took that position, I was brought on full time and now I'm the director of creative services. And so it, I've been, this is my fifth football season with Boise State and it's been a phenomenal decision. It was certainly not an easy one to make at the time. But it's good to be back home in Boise State's a phenomenal place to work. So it's a very long-winded way of describing my last 15 years, but it's been been all over the place. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you're one of the first people we've talked to who has graduate school um, experience. What, as a grad assistant, especially in creative services, what did your role kind of look like as you were, you know, not exactly the top man in the tier, but... But as a guy working his way up, what what kinds of things were you responsible for and, and how did your experience there help you now? It really all depends. And it's hard to paint a graduate assistant experience with a broad brush because for me, I came in at 26, which is older than a lot of my classmates, and I had real world experience. And so I had spent five years as a sports anchor and live sports producer so it wasn't like I had just gone straight from my undergrad to my master's program. And because of that, I think I was given a lot of opportunities. We were short-staffed in the creative services department, which many across the country are short-staffed in college athletics. So any experience that you can provide and help and take certain responsibilities off people's plates, that becomes huge. And so initially when I came in, I think my value was probably spent on feature stories, which we had never really done before because I was a sports reporter and anchor. That was kind of my comfort zone. So we started doing a lot more feature stories. We went from, I'd say probably one or two a year to one or two a week in a pretty quick succession. So for me, it was more the digital content and storytelling that really became the focus. With my live sports experience, I think I was able to push our production crew to improve quality and change kind of how they looked at things. But I was still very much just a whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. And I think that's the mindset you have to have coming in as a graduate assistant is there's no job too daunting or intimidating to say no to. And there's certainly no job that's too menial or small that you're too good for. So you have to come in willing to do anything. And I was lucky that I had experience coming in here that made that a little bit of an easier transition than potentially some graduate assistants. Definitely. Um, the transition from, you know, being the guy in front of the camera who's really, you know, controls a lot of how you uh, interpret a story and how you share a story to being a guy who moves behind the camera. How difficult was that of a transition was that? And 
what are the what which do you prefer i guess in uh being in terms of being a storyteller do you like being the guy behind the camera or the one in front because both really do control the story and and where it goes for me honestly not much changed i think the biggest defining factor is if you're in front of the camera inherently part of the story becomes about you and for me that was never appealing i worked with a lot of people that loved being on tv and you're watching commercials and your face comes up or you're on a billboard in town and that's cool when you're in your early 20s to be at a minor league baseball game and have a 30-foot version of your face on the outfield fence that was kind of surreal but <laughs> overall i didn't i didn't care so much about being on air reading highlights was never something that i loved doing and i really loved the storytelling and so even though i'm not doing a nightly sports cast anymore i still get to do all the stuff i liked when i was in montana and i th think it's almost easier to tell a story behind the camera because you're not taking away from the focus if you're doing a vo voiceover like i often do no one knows who that voiceover is unless they really know the person that's doing the story but by and large when our fans watch a story that i've voiced over they don't know who the hell i am they just know that it's a bridging gap between sound bites from the interview subjects. And so I am the type of person, I don't know if it makes me crotchety and old at this point, but when I watch a local sportscaster anywhere in the country, I mean, we travel for football and I'll turn on something in San Jose and New Mexico, wherever it might be. If I watch local sports and I see a, let's see if the local sports anchor can outshoot or out hit or out catch the local star, I hate that. Because it's making yourself the story. And I've never been a fan of that. I understand there's a time and place for it. And some people do it really well. I didn't. And so just to be able to put the focus squarely on where it belongs, which is the student athletes and their story, that's what was always important to me. And being at Boise State, that's just been easier to do, which is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I like what you said, you know, about more, more telling the story rather than being the story. I think that's that's a a big distinguishment to make, especially in the in the two sides of the camera there. So I want to move into talking a little bit about, you know, what it is you do at Boise State, because you really are a jack of all trades. You know, you're responsible for pretty much all most of the, the television coverage. With, I mean, the exception of obviously the big national um, companies that will come in and, and do that. But so give us, you know, or give our listeners a little bit of an idea. Uh, man, it's tough to say week to week kind of thing because it changes so much during the year but an average let's say like an average week in during football season what does that look like for you what are you responsible for and what kinds of things are you working on I, I know this is a cop-out way of, of starting this off but you mentioned it, it differs so much and yeah. there's COVID times and there's non-COVID times which are completely different animals so for now we've shifted a lot of our focus to recruiting efforts and because coaches can no longer go visit recruits and recruits can't come here to see Boise, it turns into a digital recruitment. And so they want to have these digital recruiting visits where a student athlete gets a feel for the university and for the amenities that we offer as a program, the city of Boise. And that's where our focus has been for non-football right now is getting recruiting videos shot and edited and social media stuff to continue engaging with our fans because they can't be in the stands right now, which is really important, but we don't want to lose their support. And so always giving them some sort of an inside look 
at all of our programs across the board is important. Let's take it back to last year, for example, when we're in quote normal times. So again, it depends week to week, but the football responsibilities for me are directing the Bronco Vision video board. And that's all of our camera operators, all of our replay operators. We send a feed that we mix to our marketing staff and then they're the ones that choose, are they showing the video highlights or are they showing hype videos or a promotion for a local sponsor? Then after that game, you're labeling all the highlights that have been shot. You are starting to put together a plan for Inside Bronco Football, which is a half hour show that runs every Wednesday. Then Sunday you come in, you shoot the stand-ups and the scripted portions of Inside Bronco Football with the host. Then on Monday you go and do the interviews with the football players, Coach Harson, his sit-downs, his behind-the-scenes stuff. Then you take it back and you edit. So my Monday mornings are usually, oh, 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. pretty consistently. And in between that, under normal times, you also have a Brian Harson press conference, and you have to stream that to social media. So from there, you go into Tuesday. Tuesday is a pretty standard workday where you're just editing inside Bronco football. Usually we're done with that anywhere from 6 p.m. to sometimes I've been here till 2 a.m. on Wednesday morning trying to finish inside Bronco football. So the earlier in the season, the longer those take. Wednesday is almost a day of reprieve and, and just breathing. Um that's when the show airs, so it's already been done. Then you start working on your non-football content. So if basketball or tennis or golf need something done, that's the day that you go shoot those feature stories, edit those feature stories. And then Thursday, usually we've got a live event, and so that's usually a volleyball game at home. And that requires hours of setup and pulling cable and hooking up cameras and testing connections. And then you have the game, and then you tear it all down, and then you move it sometimes to soccer, which is a Friday game. Then you do the soccer broadcast. If you have a road game, then you're on the road and you're traveling with football. And so it depends on how many home events we have. Obviously, the more home events we have, the more live production we do, and that's really the focus. And then if there's not a whole lot of live events, we shift more towards the digital content of the creative side where we're doing those feature stories, shooting practices, and getting interviews with coaches and players. So... It's a lot of broadcast and a lot of creative kind of blended together. Um, obviously, your roots are more in broadcast. Do you prefer the creative or do you like the, the broadcast element a little bit more? I don't know that I have a preference. I will say so much of the creative world now in college athletics has become very flashy. It's been very effect heavy. Very Anyone that's familiar with the Adobe products that are pretty common in editing there's Adobe Premiere, which is your basic editing software. And I'm pretty proficient at that. Then there's After Effects. That's where all the motion graphics and really cool effects come in. I am admittedly not good at that at all. I get angry and frustrated. I can do a couple of things, but not very well. And so I know my limitations as a video editor and the hype video type stuff is not my strength. I don't know that it ever will be, even if I try. Uh, and I do, and I'll put together a couple of things, but it's not my strength. And... I think my strength is telling a story, whether that's a feature story and the digital content side, or that's telling the story of a live broadcast using storylines and working with the announcers to make sure that they know the important things to talk about during a broadcast and focusing on the right things that the cameras are showing during that broadcast. So I don't know that I have a favorite, but I do know my limitations and my weaknesses and those hype videos that are heavily affected. That's not my strength. And I, I enjoy 
everything about the job, but I'd say I like to think my strength is just telling the story, whether that's live production or post-production. And you mentioned a lot of things that you that you love about your job and, and the position you have. Is there anything to you that, you know, is difficult about the position? You know, are there some things that you don't like exactly or some things that someone who is considering this as a career might want to have in the back of their minds as, as, as something to look out for? 100%. Any broadcasting job has its drawbacks. I mean, the benefits are clear. You get to be around incredibly motivated, hardworking, and almost obsessively competitive individuals, which is the type of people I like to surround myself with. The drawbacks are the hours are horrendous. Um, there are, don't get me wrong, there are times that aren't bad. I mean, in the summer when we don't have athletics, I can have some days where I come in at 10, I respond to emails and do some stuff. Then we as a staff will go play beach volleyball for two hours. Then I come back, check emails again, and I'm home by three. So I've effectively done three hours of work. And that's probably not what my boss wants to hear. But I think they understand it because you balance those days out with football game days. And consistently, I will have one day a week where I work at least 14 plus hours. There have been sh- there have been shifts where I've worked 18 to 20 hours. And the overall weekly work hours during the football season for most people in athletics are probably going to be anywhere from 60 to 80. And... W- if you're unwilling to do that, you're just not going to last. I don't know that that's good. I think it's pretty problematic, but it's the reality of the situation. The expectation is that you overwork yourself in college athletics. So you have to be willing to do that. And if you are willing to do that, there are distinct disadvantages. It, it takes a toll on your personal life. Friendships and family members sometimes take a back seat. Significant others take a back seat. And so it takes a very unique mindset to deal with that. And that leads into holidays. I mean, I love Christmas. One of the reasons I wanted to move back home was to be near my family for Christmas. And I've been back. This will be my fifth Christmas. And the previous four, I got to spend one with my family. And the other three, I was spending in a hotel room waiting for a bowl game. And that's just part of being a part of an athletic department that will be sending you to bowl games. It's exciting to be there for sure, but there are drawbacks to it. The pay in college athletics is not great. It's not terrible uh, compared to broadcasting. For example, when I started my uh, when I started my career as a sports anchor reporter, I was making twenty one thousand dollars a year. When I got moved up to be the sports director at the biggest market in the state, hosting a coach's show winning the state broadcaster of the year awards and effectively in my in my view having the best sports job in the state i was making 25,000 that's just over 12 to 13 dollars an hour so it's not good money college athlete excuse me college athletics can be very similar it depends on where you go at boise state i think our starting salary is in the high 39s And that's livable in Boise, but it's not livable in a lot of places. And so you have to factor that in. If you're only making $39,000 a year in the Bay Area, you can't afford to live. So the pay is not good and the hours are horrendous at times. And those are really the two big drawbacks is you have to be willing to work yourself ragged and do it for money that is far less than what you deserve. From an outsider's perspective, you know, observing, it is just incredibly demanding hours and demanding work while on those hours. 
and it's you know it's rewarding in some ways but not in ways that other jobs may be rewarded and you know it seems like one of those things you really have to love what you do to to last in in, in the career like like it is in in the state that it is right now you do but it's easy to do that i mean it, it's simple enough to talk about the drawbacks but there's something inherently valuable about it to me just with the mindset that exists in a college athletic department it's completely different than the sports broadcasting world that I was a part of previously and that, you know, through this COVID stuff, I tried to be as responsible as possible. I really didn't leave my house much for seven months unless it was for groceries or grabbing dinner to go. So I am a social being and I did none of the normal things I do socially. So I was home all the time. I wasn't exercising. I'm sure my significant other was sick of me being around all the time and it was wearing on me. And my mental health wasn't in a good place. But then when football came back and we started practicing and I was out of football, it's different, of course. you got people wearing masks and you're trying to stay 10 feet away from all the players. And so it's, it's awkward and weird. But the positivity, the excitement, the energy, it's certainly a bit of a cliche to say that working in college athletics keeps you young. But I think there's some truth to that. And you get to be around positive, active incredibly driven young people and that is really rewarding to see when their successes happen and that's what does it for me I mean I think to one of my greatest memories was just literally the week before COVID shut everything down when I got to see our senior group in women's basketball win their fourth straight championship and I know there are plenty of people that probably could care less about the mountain women's basketball tournament but once you're invested and you know what they've done and the types of people they are to get to that point, to see them experience that incredible high of that emotional moment, it rubs off on you. And even though I had literally nothing to do with that team's success, I felt pride in it. And that, I don't know that you can replicate that in many other fields. Yeah, I I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. You know, it's the energy and just the people that are involved in, you know, the areas that, that we're working in is just the people you love to be around. They, I mean, they feed off your energy, you feed off their energy and the reward. I mean, exactly. Like you just said, even if it's not something that you're directly doing, if they're succeeding, you feel like you're succeeding. And so it it just feels so awesome. And it's, it really is just one of the best feelings, feelings you you can have, especially from, from uh, your work and, and the job you do. Um, one thing I kind of want to move to now is, you know, giving, see if you have any advice for the students out there that might be interested in, in working in creative services or even broadcasting. Um, you know, what steps can they do now to prepare themselves and how do they, how do they go about getting the skills and things needed to, to work in this field? You know, is it something you have to get in college or is it something you can, you know, get through internships or working on your own and building up your own resume outside of college? What are the steps and what things do they need to have to be ready? It's a great question that doesn't have an easy answer. There's so many ways to get into the career, but I think the most effective one is starting early. And for me, that was I had an in with one of our athletic coaches at Washington State, and I got introduced to the director of sports video there, and I started working as a freshman, you know, minimum wage, running a camera. I was basically on call whenever they needed someone to go shoot a random event. I was there. I think I got that opportunity because I knew the right people and because I had some experience doing that in high school. 
if you've not done anything in high school, if you've never taken a class that lends itself to being experienced, you just have to reach out to people. I think by and large, people in college athletics and broadcasting are willing to help if you put forth the effort and you're not obnoxious about it. If you reach out to anybody in this field, unless they're really not a good person, they're going to give you an answer. They're going to give you something. The tough part of COVID right now is we just don't have those answers and the opportunities that are there aren't right now. But in normal times, if you reach out to me and you're interested in doing sports broadcasting, I teach a class and that's an option for people if they're a Boise State student. And even if you can't take the class because of schedules or whatever, we're always open to have people come shadow. Job shadows are a great way of getting a foot in the door, letting people know who you are without being invasive. If you reach out to someone and say, hey, I want to I work in sports, what can you pay me to do? I'm willing to do anything. Well, there's not a whole lot of op- opportunities there. There's a lot of people that want to work in sports and get paid for it. And it's a flawed system in that oftentimes your foot in the door is to not get paid. I don't like it. I think it's limiting to a lot of people that don't have the ability to work for free. But it's the stark reality of how many people get into the field is you are able to work for free. And that's anything from pulling cables, from going and waking up at five in the morning to go shoot a swim and dive practice. You have to be flexible and willing to do menial grunt work. And I know that's an archaic view of how you should get in the job and I don't like it, but it's the truth. And if you wanna come and shadow and just watch and take notes and ask questions. If you're a person that people like to be around, you're going to get an opportunity. They're going to say, hey, you've been watching us for the last four games. Do you want to sit in and do a quarter of this? And you hop in, you do a good job. That one quarter turns into, hey, why don't you come and do a half? And then you do a full half. And if you've done that well, then you're running replay. You're doing technical director you're shooting highlights for an entire game. And then maybe that leads into a paid internship. Maybe that leads into a graduate assistant position. So to oversimplify it, don't be afraid to reach out. Be respectful of people's time, but have a goal. If you just come with a blanket statement of, I want to work in sports, what can I do? You're not going to get very far. Know the people you're reaching out to. Even if you don't know them personally, know what they do. If you reach out to me and say, hey, I know you're responsible for the Mountain West Network streams, inside Bronco football, and a lot of the digital content, I really like this aspect of the business, I'd like to learn more, I'm always going to get back to you with a thoughtful response. If you just say, hey, I want to work in sports, and all you've done is copy and paste my name over someone else's, and you just email the entire athletic department, if it seems like a generic email that you mass sent to 200 people, I'm not going to respond. And once you get a foot in the door, whether that's a job shadow, an internship, pulling cable on a grunt show for FS1, be respectful, helpful, and nice. I can't tell you how simple it is, but if people like to be around you, you will always get opportunities. And I know that's incredibly oversimplified and there's more to it. You've obviously got to be proficient at the job you're doing, but I believe more than half the battle is being someone people like to be around. It's part of what makes what we do so special is the people we do work around are people we want to be around. And that, that helps, you know, make the job so much easier and so much more enjoyable. You did mention, um, 
you know, I mean, obviously during COVID times, you know, the opportunities for, for students not in it already are just so limited. And it's just, it's just the reality of the situation is not, not great. But what's something that you think maybe students could do to help, you know, give them a better chance for when things do open back up? You know, are there skills they can be working on, things that they should be focused and practicing right now for, for when the opportunities do present themselves? There's always stuff to do. I mean, networking is a huge part of it. If you're emailing a local sports anchor or sports radio host that you like and admire, asking them about job shadows, asking them about career advice. The more advice you get, there's always going to be stuff that that resonates with you and makes sense. And there's going to be some stuff you hear and like, I don't think that makes sense for me. But the more people that know, know your name or recognize your name, the better when you're in a job search. Every job I've gotten has been because of someone I knew there. It's not to say I wasn't deserving. I worked very hard to get those positions. And the reason they wanted me there is because they had seen what I had done. But it's when an opportunity meets past successes and past work ethic is when you get another job or another great professional moment. And When you're not allowed to work on those skills, I think you have to get creative. If you want to work in sports broadcasting, write a script, do a bunch of voiceovers into your iPhone and have people critique it. If you want to do play-by-play, tune into a Boise State football game on FS1, watch it on mute, make sure you've got your shot sheet of information and call the game into your iPhone and have people critique it. Most people, especially in a town like Boise, are going to be willing to help. And if you have something to send someone and say, hey, I'm looking to get into the field. This is what I've done so far. What critiques do you have? Always be willing to take critiques. Don't get offended. And just put yourself out there. If you're close to graduating and you haven't done anything in sports, it's not impossible to get into the field, but it is going to be really difficult. That might be where a graduate assistant position makes sense, where You know you want to work in college athletics. You know the area you want to work, but you don't have the work history to warrant a full-time position. I can tell you right now, you're not getting a full-time job at Boise State if you've done nothing in your undergrad. You would have to get a master's degree. You'd have to go intern somewhere, but it is an uphill battle. So it's such a layered question that I can't really answer effectively, but I do think doing as much as possible to set yourself up for those opportunities. Start the networking now. Realize that it's limited. I had a student reach out yesterday that I'd never met and said, hey, I know things are crazy with COVID, but I'm really interested in what you do. I'd love more information on it and an idea of how to get in. Hopefully, we're back to closer to normal in the spring. And even though I've never met the student before, She'll come to a couple sporting events, whether that's shadowing an SID, whether it's shadowing us in the TV truck or the announcers, she'll have opportunities to be around it. And if she's someone that we want to be around and she works hard and she's reliable, she'll get those opportunities in the spring. It's all about being prepared and being a good person. That's a great answer because you can apply that to any career you're trying to go into. Just you know, being a good person and just making sure people Know you're know you're there. Know you're willing to help and and willing to work from the ground up. Um, that, yeah, I I think that was awesome answer. Um, 
is as an you're in an industry that I mean, as as technology advances, it just seems to change. You know, one day you're doing one thing, and then the next day you're expected to do something you know completely new. Is is there any skills that you see? say maybe five years from now or that you envision five years from now as being something essential that someone is going to need to have to work in in creative services or even broadcasting 100 percent. i think the biggest asset that people can improve on is adaptability because to your point technology changes so just because i know the camera i'm using now really well in five years that might be an out-of-date trash camera I have to be adaptable enough to figure out a newer, better one. But I think the biggest thing is soft skills, and that's people skills. Because as our departments grow, I think sometimes the creative services, sports video has pigeonholed themselves at a lot of places as kind of the nerds of the office. Well, just give them a computer and a camera, they'll figure it out. And there's some truth to that for sure, but you don't have the same trajectory if you stay to yourself and no one knows who you are. If you're just like the 1980s stereotypical movie nerd in the AV club, you're not going to expand from that role. But because it's such a new part of college athletics, if you look around the country, there's, I don't know of any, so I shouldn't say with 100% certainty, but to my knowledge, there is zero athletic directors that have ever worked in creative services or video. And I think that changes. I think eventually as the need for digital content becomes more mainstream, and it already is, the value placed on those individuals is going to be greater. You're going to see more creative services people in leadership positions. And in order to be in leadership positions, not always, but hopefully you've got good people skills. So working on those soft skills, working on being introspective and knowing who you are, I think that's important in how you deal with people. We all have our strengths and we all have our, our, our negatives, but you have to be good with people. And that is, uh, again, with any position, but I think particularly in creative services to make sure that the career field expands and it no longer is just the one guy in the department, the one gal in the department that has a camera and an editing system. It has to be so much more. Um, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time here, so I think I'll just ask one more question. Um, this is one I like to ask all of our guests. You know, working in sports, part of the, like one of the main reasons we do it is because of, you know, you have the chance every day to see something just incredible. You know, and there's games you see that, that just have some of the most special moments of some people's lives. And I was wondering, you know, what's, what's the best sports moment you've been a part of uh, since your time working in, in athletics? Yeah, that is uh... – a uh, hell of a question that I might have to ponder for a bit. I'll, I'll stall by saying, to your point, it, there's never a dull moment. And I think it gives you an appreciation for things that you'd never have an appreciation for previously. I look at the sports we have at Boise State, and I look at gymnastics. I look at tennis. As a casual sports fan growing up, I didn't, I didn't take part in those sports. I had no interest in those sports. But now that I'm here, you go to a gymnastics practice and it's death-defying stunts that they're doing. And I have no idea how there are not more catastrophic injuries in the sport. To see those things up close and personal 
you understand how remarkable those individuals are to be able to do what they do. So even moments like that at practice, it's incredible. And then I'll go out at lunch and I'll try to hit a tennis racket and I can't get a serve anywhere in the appropriate space. And then you watch these athletes that are hitting it damn near 100 miles an hour with almost perfect accuracy. Mm -hmm. So your appreciation for the small things that you might ignore on a grander sports fan scale, I think that appeals to me. As far as sports moments, honestly, the women's basketball championship this past spring was pretty incredible just from the historical standpoint. No one else had done it four times in a row. And quite frankly, I don't know that many people expected them to do so after they didn't have the greatest regular season. They were the preseason favorite, yes, but they dipped a little bit. They had some issues in the regular season, some losses they probably shouldn't have. So while I don't know that you can say that they were the underdog, they were certainly not the overwhelming favorite. And to see them do it in an overtime game, that's incredibly exciting. Um, from a sports fan perspective, obviously the 2007 Fiesta Bowl watching with my family was incredible. I think that was a pinnacle moment for a lot of people and why Boise State is known like they are. I just, it's all a lot of fun. And that's the thing is I don't ever leave a sporting event and think that was a waste of my time. It's all memorable for different reasons. And it doesn't have to be championships. I mean, it can be something small to see a moment that someone has, whether it's a walk on getting their first opportunity. There's so many poetic storylines that write themselves in college athletics. It's tough to pick one that really stands out. There's just a lot of cool moments you have. And then it's even after that where it's, you. for me, I did a feature story on Leighton Vander Esch. A couple years later, he's in the running for NFL Rookie of the Year, and he's a top 10 draft pick. And so it doesn't end when they leave here. To see the student athletes succeed, even if it's not in sports, to see them succeed in the private sector and in the business world, it's incredibly motivating and it reminds you of why this job is a tremendous one to have yeah oh that awesome awesome stuff there man i really really appreciate that and i really appreciate you coming on and and helping me out here and you know just sharing everything you know with us because you've you've got a lot of experiences we just learned and and a lot of you can help us out in a, in a lot of ways so we appreciate having you on the show and and wish you the best of luck, you know, as football season comes around and, and we try and navigate this this difficult time that we're in. Well, thank you. And same to you. I know uh, gymnastics and hoops, everything you're involved in is going to be hectic come uh, the rest of the fall into the winter and the spring. So I know you'll be right there with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, and Dom. And, you know, hopefully you can tune in uh, when this episode releases and, and enjoy listening back on some of the things you just said. So look forward to it. Look forward to listening to all of them. I'm sure they'll be great. Awesome. Thanks so much. We appreciate it.